Amen. Praise God. Round of applause for the praise and worship. All right. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles. James. James chapter 1. We're going to read a couple of verses of scripture there in James chapter 1. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Who agrees that tonight? Uh, Amen. God is good. Amen. It was great to see Chris in the house of the Lord. Although I still don't understand how he's able to wear shorts in any weather. (laughs) Could be minus 25 out there. He's out there in shorts. God bless a gift. Amen. God bless you. Amen. That's a gift. Only only God can do that because, hey... I have to I bust out the long johns already. Who knows about long johns? Who knows about long johns? Yeah. I used to be ashamed, but I'm not ashamed anymore. Long johns changed my life. Come on. Hey, long johns. You guys will never know. I've got some nice, comfy long johns. You would never know. I'm just there all warm and toasty. But hey, I don't know how I came onto that. <laughs> but God is good. James uh, chapter 1. Uh, amen. Amen. You know, I was, when I was preparing for this sermon, I was reminded of a time of the ordeal of learning to drive. All the drivers in the place, you know what I'm talking about. All those currently learning to drive, it is an ordeal. Everything about it is an ordeal. The studying for it, the practicing, oh my goodness, the cost. It was, a, it was expensive for me back then. Only the Lord knows how much it is per hour right now. I don't even want to ask because I'll, I'll just end up... 20, what? £25 an hour. £35. 40, oh, come on, come on now. You're taking the mic out of me now. Come on. £40. That is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I feel for you people that need to learn to drive. But I remember thinking of this as I was preparing for the sermon that it was a massive ordeal that learning to drive, all the stresses that come with it, all the, the, the studying, the practicing, and everything that comes. But praise God, back in September, back in 2007, September the 19th, I passed first time. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. I passed first time prayed. They gave me a certificate to prove it. A couple of days later, my, my, my card came in the post with my, my license, my picture. It was there. I could drive. But I could actually learn to drive. When I actually learned to drive was after I passed the test. When I actually started to understand and get to grips with driving was not before. It was after the test. When I had to deal with people who came and cut me off in real life. I had to deal with parking in tight places. You know, one of the, 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 our first marital home was on a, on a, was a terraced house and it was on a road where you just got to just park where you got to park. You just got to find, it reminds me of, of I visited um, Daniel and Valerie's house, it reminds me of our house because you just got to find a parking space wherever it is. It could be like down the street. <laughs> you just got to find it. It's a parallel park. That's how I learned to park. Listen, that's how I learned to, I learned to change a tire on the M1. It burst. And what you got to do? You got to learn to do it. That's how I learned to do it. Listen, long distances, having to deal with real hazards. I learned all of this after the test. 
And I want to preach a sermon of entitled, uh, When Theory Becomes Practical. Because how many know, listen, we have a, a theory book about God. You can pick up the Bible. Anybody can pick up the Bible and you can learn the theory of God. But it changes your life when that theory becomes practical to you. And it's no longer just I'm reading about God. No, 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 no. You've experienced things and you know God. When your life changes, when the theory becomes practical. And that's what I want to speak about today. James chapter 1. Verse number one, the Bible says, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Verse number two says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience here have its perfect work, work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The first thing I want to mention here, church, out of this wonderful scripture is the testing times. So here we have James, the Lord's brother. He, he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He's writing to uh, Jewish Christians who are living outside of Palestine. And he starts his letter not with his title to say, here I am, the leader of the church, or here I am, the boss of the church, here I am, the elder. No, he starts it talking about, I'm a bondservant to God. I'm a slave, literally, that's what it says, a slave to God and a slave to Jesus Christ. Now we could learn just a lot just from the way he introduces himself. Just from that, there's a whole sermon in that, just his humility. This was the leader of the church, the early church, but he's writing to people saying, listen, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. We can learn a lot about that, but I want to push, push on and speak about one of the first things he says in his letters. Listen, the first thing he advises his brethren or his believers to do, and the first thing usually you say in a letter carries weight. Come on now, the first thing you say is it kind of sets the scene for, for the whole entire letter. It sets the whole atmosphere of what it is you want to say. And the first thing he says was, my brethren, count it all joy. And the word there, joy, is talking about gladness or it's an occasion for joy. You know, we're in the Christmas period and I find it fitting to show you where else this word is used in the Bible. In Matthew 2, Matthew 2 and verse number 10, the Bible says, when they saw, this is talking about the wise men of the East, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Same word used there, and it is a you know the, the 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 gladness. Think about how glad these wise men were when they saw the they heard the prophecy and saw the star, and says we're going to find and worship our king this evening. And this is the same word that James is using, saying, "Brethren, count it all joy." Is gladness, and we understand joy. Listen, there's many things that come my way, and if you look on my face, you would just see joy. Come on now. Listen, you place a place, a plate of um, Papa Matu's fried chicken in front of me. Come on, you're going to experience joy. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, princess, she makes this bueno banana bread. Oh my goodness. When that comes, to, that's joy when I see that. I open the box, I smell that. Joy. And some of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, go speak to her. I'm telling you. 
My wife, my wife makes this barbecue chicken with the festivals you can just dip in. Hey, when I smell that cooking, it is pure joy when I come down the steps. I open the door and it just hits me. Notice how all of these are food related. Hey, listen. <laughs> Thank God for food. But listen, even, even, as, even as I get to know some of you, I understand what makes you tick also. I understand, listen, that same plate of food, you put that in front of Ella, her face will just light up. Listen, she know, I know she understands food as well. Listen, I know you see certain things, listen, anything technical, you mention that to Ronith, his whole demeanor just changes. Come on now. Because I know there's certain things that drive people. Listen, we understand joy. We understand what it means. Just think of your, your favorite food, your favorite music, whatever it is. Joy can come out. So we understand that. But James says, listen, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now that's kind of like an odd response. Count it joy when you fall into various trials. The Bible in the New Living Translation version says, troubles of any kind. When they come, when trouble comes, he says, count it all joy. James is saying that because the testing of our faith, the Bible says, produces patience. Now I wanna look at two things quickly. I wanna consider two things. First of all is the testing. You see, because testing brings the idea of proving genuineness. When you test something, you prove it for how genuine it is. You see, because talking the talk is good. But how many know that's not enough? Talking the talk is good, but it's not enough. You need to also walk the walk. Come on, you can talk and say something, you can state a certain thing, but it only holds value if you're able to produce action or you're able to evidence what you're talking about. Come on, that makes sense, right? There's a shopping channel, uh, QVC. They understand this principle. What their whole business model is, is filming things live and will you watching them test the products? Their whole business model is to say, listen, this product is going to do X, Y, and Z. The whole thing is to, let's take the product out and let's prove it doing X, Y, and Z. Because they understand it is not just about talking about it, it is the testing that's going to prove or actually disprove the product. You watch me, show me. Listen, I see this, this new gadget, it can cut a, a tomato in 10 different ways. Watch me cut a tomato. They, all they have to do is just take it out the box and test it and prove it. The only problem is with QVC is that sometimes when they test it, they actually disprove the product. There's so many times, I don't know how I caught it, but I caught it. There was a there was time they were trying to sell a ladder. And it wasn't just a normal ladder, it was one of these ladders, it was one of these folding ladders that can, you can use it in like a hundred different ways, not just to go up, you can use it in a hundred different ways. And this particular ladder didn't just go straight up as well, you can fold it into like an L shape or you can fold it into like a bridge shape as well, so you can use it as a scaffolding and the guy was putting it up. You know, you know as you see something unfold, you know exactly what's going to happen. So he's folding out this ladder and he's folding up into like a bridge shape. So it looks like that. It's just a bridge so you can, you can climb up and then walk across a straight thing to use it like a scaffolding. And he says, this thing is so easy to, 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 to build up. He unfolds the ladder. says, look, I've just got to click it into place and it's secure, solid. He taps on it. Solid, nothing. And look, it's so solid. All you got to do is walk up it. So he begins to stand up. He says, look, see, solid. There's problem with all. And all you got to do is walk on again. So he begins to walk on the straight bit and the thing shakes and bends down a little bit. 
Now there, if you're wise, you just jump off the ladder. But now he said, listen, this is in his mind, this is live. I'm trying to sell this ladder. I've got to carry on. And he says, okay, it's been down, but now it's locked in place. And he says, listen, it's sturdy. It can take my weight. And as he was talking, the ladder just collapsed and he licked his face on the ladder. And it's one of those drops. You're just like, oh. You know when you feel the pain through the... Uh, I could see it's like his teeth are all on the floor. I could just imagine. He's not, he's not getting up from that one. So in the testing, the ladder buckled and failed. Needless to say, they didn't sell many ladders after that. Because it didn't pass the test. It did not pass the test. Because talk is cheap. But when you test something, you are producing evidence to say, yes, this works. It reminds me of a time, Elon Musk, he brought out this new uh, uh, cyber truck. This massive 4x4 looks kind of ugly. But had all sorts of things. It's all electric. He's talking about, is this, is that. It can do everything. He's talking about this particular glass. He says, this glass we've used, nothing can break it. We can shoot at it, nothing will happen. They said, we've thrown everything at it. And it just stands there. They had this solid steel ball and they said look we're going to test this glass they get the glass up throw it at the glass and it breaks and what do you say he's like um you threw it too hard it's like no you didn't stand the test it is in the testing that proves or disproves something that is stated and if you look at testing with mature eyes it gives you understanding of what needs to then be improved Something is tested, okay, uh, if it, it fails under a certain amount of stress, then you can then improve it. It happens in engineering all the time. They make products and they test it, they stress test it. So if it fails, they're able to get information from that in order to build it up stronger. Can you say amen in this place? So testing through mature eyes is actually a very, very good thing. You need testing to be able to understand how to make things better. You know, Chuck Smith, he's a Bible commentator. Many times I read uh, some of his uh, uh, comments on various scripture. But he said to him, someone came to him one day uh, and they had failed. They were Christian, they had failed, they've done something. Uh, and they said, oh no, I have disappointed God. And he said to him, he says, no, you haven't disappointed God because he knew the outcome already. He knew what was inside you already. The difference is now you know it as well. So in other words, God allowed this test so that you could see what's already inside of you. God can see it from, he saw it from foundation. But he's showing you now so that you understand, oh, I am actually prideful. Or, oh, I am actually uh, filled with lust. Or, oh, I am actually selfish. You know, one of the cures to selfishness, you know, someone that thinks, oh, I'm not selfish. Well, I say, I just get married. Then God will show you how selfish you are. Can you say amen in this place? I say marriage is two selfish people getting together and understanding, oh, I am selfish. Look up Psalm 7 and verse number 9. The Bible says, oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. And look at the last words here. It says, for the righteous, God tests the hearts and minds. God does that. God tests. Look at Psalm 66 and verse number 10. The Bible says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. How many know it's in the refinery process that testing gets rid of all the imperfections? 
It's in the refinery process uh, that you get rid of all the dross, all the uh, all the terrible things. Uh, and it's not just with water. Water won't cut it. Uh, you need to do that with fire. Can you say amen in this place? The refinery process is done with fire. We need to be, as silver is, we need to be tested and refined with fire so we can get rid of all the imperfections, get rid of all the terrible things and let the fire burn off all the dross that all that is left is the purity that stands before God. We've got to understand the testing. But secondly, we've got to understand the products. See, the Bible says in verse number three of our text, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, there are products, there are byproducts after testing. And the products are not for God's benefit. The products are not to prove God. We don't need to prove God. God needs no proving. He does not need to be proved. He is, he was, and he always will be. Therefore, the products of testing are for our benefit. We are going to receive the benefit of of the testing. There's the old saying that you cannot have a testimony without what? A test. We are the ones that receive the products or we are the beneficiaries of any test in our lives. And we are preserved because of it. Look at Romans 5, verse number 3 to 5. The Bible says... And not only that, but we also uh, glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And that produces character. And character produces hope. And now hope does not disappoint, but the love of God has been poured out in our hearts because the Holy Spirit, uh, sorry, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We can profit from trials. We can benefit from testing. That's why James says, count it all joy, because after the trial comes growth. Come on now. That's the reason he says, count it joy. Be happy when you fall into various trials. Be happy, because it's after the trial, we're going to learn something. We're going to come something better. We're going to understand God in a new way. And it's the mature Christian that can understand that about the trials they're going through. After this, I'm going to understand God in a new way. You know, I asked Sister Valerie to help me with this song here. And Brother Joe, they're going to help me out. Because uh, my second point is I want to think with you about Hallowed Be Thy Names. Listen, I'm reading a book right now called Hallowed Be Thy Names by David Borkison. Um, if you can come on, God bless you. Um, great book. Uh, if, you, if you've got your notes out, write that one down. Hello be thy name by Dalfid. Sorry, hello be thy names by David Wilkinson. Because names are important. Because it's to do with the identity of a person. And in this case, we're speaking about the names of God. When you read the book, he's speaking about the names of God. It is to do with the identity or the character of God. And as I was thinking about that, the names of God, a song came to mind in my head, and it was because of who you are. So I've asked Sister Valerie and Brother Gerald to help me out with this song, Because of Who You Are. And as, as they sing, I want you to sing along. You know the words, uh, uh, see if we can get the words on the screen if we can't, but if we just help, sing along because of who you are. Whenever you're ready, God bless you because of who you are.
We're going to sing that again, Jehovah Jireh, and sing out, lift your voice, sing out as she sings, amen. praise tonight. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Lord God. Uh, thank you. God bless you. Amen. Uh, amen. Love that song. Uh, praise God. Listen, we are familiar with those names of God. But as you look at those names in Scripture, they were given after a direct revelation of God after a particular event. They weren't just thrown out there because, oh yeah, this was passed down from my grandmother. My grandmother said Jehovah Nisi or Jehovah Jireh. No, these men of God, they built altars and named a place after a particular event. Look at Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We see in Genesis chapter 22, the name was given by Abraham. And this wasn't just a name that he heard. Can you say amen in this place? We understand that God promised Abraham that through you we're going to bless the nations you're going to have a son and he's going to be a blessing to the entire world and through that son there's going to be a revelation through that son there's going to be a, a people like the stars you're going to be able to count your, your, your family members through that son and God indeed it was through that test that he was able to go around and look around and say listen son we've got to go up to the mountain and his son said, listen, we've got the wood. We understand we've got the fire. But where is the sacrifice? And he said, don't worry, my son. My God is going to provide us a sacrifice. As he was going through that, that process, he understood that there is a new dimension to God that I've never seen before. God had to take him through that for him to understand that. And when he went up there, he was ready with his knife to pull it out. The Bible says the angel of the Lord stopped him right 
right there and says, don't lay a hand on that child. And when he looked up, he saw a ram caught in the thicket. And that's when he said in Genesis 22, verse number 14, and Bible says, and Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. Can you say amen in this place? How did he know that the Lord was a provider? Because he sung that song? No, because he experienced it himself. It was through that test that he had a new revelation of God. It was through that trial that he understood something about God. And it was there that he named him, Oh Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. How? Because he provided for me. How do you know that the Lord is your provider? Unless you need him to provide for you. So what James is saying is saying, count it all joy. Listen, when you go to your bank account and you're not sure how you're going to last the month, count it joy because you get to understand God in a new way. You look at your bank account and say, rent's got to come out. I've got to pay petrol for my car. Maybe you've got kids. I've got to support that. I've got to do all this. That is bigger than how much is in my account right now. You should count it joy because you can go and pray and you're going to understand when God provides, you're going to say, God, you are my provider not because I read it in a book because you have now provided for my needs and I know you in a different way that's why you should count it all joy Bible says Jehovah Nisi the Lord Albana we see in Exodus 17 the name was given by Moses this wasn't just a name that he had heard. We understand that they were going through, the children of Israel were going through a battle with the Amekalites. And this was when Moses had to go up on the, uh, on the hillside and his friend Aaron and her had to hold up, hold up his arms so that they would continue to win the battle. Each time his arms dropped, the Amekalites, the Amekalites prevailed against the children of Israel. Each time they held up his arms and his arms were stretched out, that's when they prevailed over his enemies. And as they saw that as they won the battle in Exodus 17 and verse number 15 we see and Moses built an altar and called its name the Lord is my banner Jehovah Nisi because he seen the providence of God in the middle of battle he understand that it is the Lord that's going to fight for him we understand that a banner was like a standard that they all stood underneath and they rallied together under this standard under this banner and he says listen we not just have a flag as our banner we understand that God Jehovah himself is our banner and he had to go through seeing the battles after battles to realize God you're gonna fight my battles for me as long as I stand underneath you you're gonna fight my battles he had to go through those trials of fighting enemies to understand that Jehovah really indeed is Nisi can you say amen in his place the last one we sung, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. In Judges chapter 6, this name was given by Gideon. And I say it again, this wasn't just the name he had heard of. Listen, as the times where the people of Israel were suffering, uh, where the Philistines were, would continue to uh, uh, ransack them and it was going under a, a severe oppression, it was then that the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. And we know, listen, the Bible, God already warned Moses, listen, no one's going to see my face and live. But here we see the angel of the Lord come to Gideon and they were speaking face to face and in the midst of trouble, in the midst of pain, he says, fear not, have 
peace. So he came and said, listen, this place I'm going to name it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace because he comes to bring peace. And we understand that in the midst of trouble, this is a revelation of Christ. That's why the name, one of his names is the Prince of Peace because he came to bring that peace. And you see that word Shalom, sometimes we have reduced it just to meaning peace alone. But that word is so much bigger than that. It is talking about a wholeness. It's talking about a completeness, a wholeness in health, a wholeness in welfare, in security, in prosperity. It implies a wholeness in relationship with God and with man. And we understand that's exactly what Jesus Christ came to do, to bring shalom, to bring the wholeness in relationship with God and with man. So when Gideon saw that, he saw the angel of the Lord has come to rest, restore. Listen, because of the trial he went through, he understood God in a new, different way. And there's many other names you can see in the Bible. We see Jehovah Rophi, or Rophi, the Lord who heals you. Jehovah Roy, the Lord is my shepherd. Emmanuel means God with us. Now it's great to know these names and have the theory of these names. But the blessing comes when we understand and have a practical knowledge of these names. When we can take that to the bank and sing that song, Jehovah Nisi. And in the back of your mind, you know when tears start to well up, it's because you're remembering a time where God provided for you, where there was no other way. There was a miracle of provision when God provided. So when you sing those songs, you sing Jehovah Nisi. You can remember times where there's people that stood against you. You had enemies against you and the Lord fought the battle for you. Can you say amen in this place? Where your mind was going crazy. You can remember Jehovah Shalom, the one that brings peace. So you can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's good to know these names, but theory. But James is saying, count it all joy when you go through a trial. Because when you go through a trial, you're going to understand God in a way you've never seen him before. I thank God that sometimes he takes me through things because I get to get a little bit closer to him. Can you say amen in this place? I get to understand him in a new way. I get to say, after this, I'm going to testify of how you delivered me. How do you know he is a a deliverer if he has not delivered you from anything? How do you know? How do you know he's a miracle working God if you've not experienced a miracle? How do you know he's the God of our salvation if you've not been saved from anything? Your life will change only when the theory becomes the practical. I want to finish off here talking about contending for a practical relationship with God. You see, I'm reminded of a time where Paul prayed, the Bible says, three times for a thorn in his flesh to be removed. Now many have been debating over what that thorn actually was, whether it was a, you know, some people say it was a, the Jewish persecution. People say at that time the Jewish uh, persecution was persecuting followers of Christ. People say that was his thorn. Some people say the thorn in his flesh was actually his own remembrance of his past life where he himself used to persecute the church. Some people say that was his thorn. How it would li- like literally haunt him or he would wake up uh, with nightmares or he would have a depression 
because of what he used to live. Some people used to say it's, or some people say it's a physical ailment, like he had some sort of disease or illness or something. I mean, regardless of what the thorn actually was, it's his response that I want to draw from. His response that we can understand something. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 9, the Bible says, this is after Paul was praying, it says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We need to contend for a practical relationship with God. I don't want to just know theory. And listen, theory is good. Theory is a great place to begin. But I want the theory to change into something practical. Can you say amen in this place? I want to be able to turn the pages of my Bible and start to weep. at yes, he is a provider. Because I remember a time he provided me for me when no one else was around. Yes, he can touch my heart because he changed and transformed a man like me. He made me into something beautiful. When all I was was just falling and messed around in miry clay. Listen, when you take the theory and make it practical in your life, your life will never be the same again. And when you witness to somebody, you speak to somebody about the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not just doing that because that's what we do. You're doing it because it changed your life. And it can change my life. It can change your life. Let's give him praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need to contend for a practical relationship with God. We need to say, God, I need to know you more. God, I want to experience you more. And that's what we need to do. That should be our prayer. But I want to have a caution. I want to put a caution out with that type of prayer, church. When you pray like that, you best understand what you're actually praying. Saying, God, I want to know you more. God, I want to understand you. God, give me patience. When you pray like that, caution. He's like, okay, you want patience? Here, these four children, deal with that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Just borrow my kids for a week. I'll tell you, borrow my kids and you'll see. Huh? One thing, one thing my wife, bless her, she says quite a lot is, you guys are testing my patience. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. You want to know God as your provider? Okay, he's going to allow some certain things. What do you trust? Do you trust him or do you trust the credit card? You trust him or you trust... Lottery, lottery numbers. You want to know God more? He's going to allow things to come into your life to test. It was James that said, listen, you believe God, you do well. Even the demons believe God and tremble. But when your faith is tested, it's out of that you get to understand certain things. It's like, dear God, you get a revelation of God. So that's why we should count it all joy if we are going through financial problems right now. 
Because we, are, we know that he is our provider and he will provide for us. Can you say amen in this place? We should count it all joy that we're going through relationship battles or we, that we do have enemies because we're going to know that he is our banner and he will fight for us. Listen, we don't, want to serve, we don't serve a God who is mute. We don't serve a God who is inactive, who is Im, Im, impotent. We serve a God who is alive, a God who is able to intervene in certain situations, a God who's able to speak life when there's only death. Listen, when you're going through things, yes, count it joy because this test is going to reveal the strength of your faith. This test is going to reveal character in you. It's going to build up perseverance in you. Listen, I've gone through things in this very year. Me and my wife, we talk. We've been through things that we've never been through before, but we have to count it all joy because as we step through into 2023, we can look back and say, Oh, we are stronger because of it. Our marriage is more solid because of it. Our finances are going to change because of it. Because we should count it joy. Can you say amen in this place? (sighs) Count it joy, the Bible says, when you fall into various trials. Church, let's look at trials differently as we come into 2023. Let's look at the pain we go through differently as we go into 2023. Let's not complain. Let's not whine and talk about woe is me or this or that. No. Let's look at trials as James told us to look at trials. Whatever the trial is, it says various trials. Like I said, the other translation, New Living Translation says any kinds of trouble. This year, church, when we go through something, count it joy. We go through problems, persecution, financial lack, count it joy. Because God is going to deliver us. Who believes that tonight? Come on, let's give him a shout of praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. When theory becomes practical. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Oh, when theory becomes practical. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh. Hmm. That you would count us worthy worthy to suffer for your name's sake. We're going to count it joy, oh Father in heaven. We go through various trials, all kinds of troubles. Because out there in the troubles, out there in the deep, we get to experience you like never before. Out there in the deep, we get to see your power, your anointing. We don't want just sing these songs because they're nice words but we sing them out of experience we sing them out of literally seeing you take us through the fire we make our theory practical maybe you're in this place and You haven't experienced the salvation of the Lord. That hasn't become practical for you. You haven't experienced that. Well, here I want to give you an opportunity, a chance to make that theory practical in your life. I want to give you a chance to make the theoretical story of how Christ came to save the lost a practical experience in your life that you can be saved 
Can you say saved from what? Saved from the judgment that sin brings. And sin is anything that we do that's against the law of God, that's contrary to the law of God. Anything that uh, is against his law, it's called sin and it separates us from God. Jesus Christ came that that separation can be bridged. He paid the price, the penalty for sin that you can have this everlasting life through him. So if you're in this place and you've not made that theory practical in your life, well, right now is the chance. You want to be saved from sin. You want a blessed assurance that heaven will be your home. All you've got to do is raise your hand and I'll count it a privilege to make that theory practical in your life. We'll pray in this place. Raise your hand in this place, unsaved or backslidden. Maybe you've fallen away. You've not continued in the faith and you're living for the world. And now, you know, we're living separate again. So unsaved or backslidden, you want to come back to Christ and your life will be changed and transformed in this place. And I want to talk on the sound of my voice, left to right, front to back. Raise that hand in this place. You want Christ to change your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Speaking to Christians in this place. Hmm. Listen, we're going to go through some things. We, we may be going through things right now. The response to it should be joy. Now, we don't, we don't count the, the trial itself, joy, the, anything that evil happens as joy. No, no, no. But we count the very fact that we're able to go through something with joy because we understand when we come out on the other side, and oh, we will come out on the other side. When we come out on the other side, we're going to be purified as silver is purified as gold is purified. We're going to be refined and the dross that was attached to our life will be burnt off. We're going to understand God. We're going to have a revelation of God like never before. As we see Him deliver us from the fire, as we see Him protect us, as we walk through that valley that looks so dark, that valley of death oh it looks so dark it looks bleak but as we walk through and he comforts us he guides us oh we're going to turn back and see him for who he really is when theory becomes practical we get a different different revelation of God so church as we go through things let's go through counting it as joy let's go through knowing that there's a reason for this test let's go through and get an understanding of God like never before church let's find some time to pray these altars are open listen ask for strength because when you are weak that's when you're going to be made stronger ask that God will indeed deliver you let's pray and the things that you're going through don't let it overcome you. Don't let it overcome you with sadness or depression. No, let's stand in joy and say, yes, I'm going to understand you more, God, after this. And let's pray that the Holy Spirit will fill us afresh, that indeed in our weakness, we can become strong in this place. Let's ask God to indwell with us, that though we are hard-pressed on every side, we shall not be crushed. Oh, that we be struck down, we shall not 
not be destroyed because we understand that God is faithful and he is faithful to bring us through. Oh, we thank you, Lord God, that we can come and experience trials with joy, knowing that, oh, you would provide and you would make in us, oh, Lord, patience, oh, perseverance, character and hope. We thank you, Lord God. Strengthen us right now. Oh, Father God, your grace is sufficient for us. Oh, God, that when we're weaker, we are indeed stronger. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name.